Hi, and welcome to this week's Women of Power show. I'm Laura Topper, and I am just very excited and humbled to be here with Dr. Tony Lamata. How are you, Dr. Tony? Thank you for oh, joining the show today. Wonderful. Thank you, Laura. Yeah. It's great to be here with you again, because I know you came on to the Cosmic Prayer, and you, you came on to another, couple of sh another show I did, I think, a couple of years ago. And I love being in your energy, and I know that you have a lot to share. So thank you. For being here. Um, Dr. Tony, I'd like to introduce you with, um, for those that are watching now or at any point that, that may know you or may not know about you and the incredible work that you're doing in the world. Um, Dr. Tony is a provocative and inspiring international professional speaker, number one best-selling author, I love saying that on this show, <laughs> a master teacher and highly regarded um, as a coach and a supporter of other authors. Um, Dr. Tony has a vision of changing the way the world views midlife. That's a, that's a beautiful vision. Um, and aging to, uh, to help people become their authentic selves and make progress on their spiritual journey. Dr. Tony's latest work stresses aging gracefully, and I know that also you are highly involved with, with quantum living and, uh, and soul work also, and you, you consciously approach the aging process and, and overcoming fear of death, and you help people to see that as well and to embody that. Um, Dr. Tony, you're the founding and senior minister of the Sarasota Celebration Center for Spiritual Living and uh, currently president of the Conscious Aging Connection. And you're the author of Recognition and the number one best-selling book, What You Really Want Wants You. I love that title. Where did that title come from, Dr. Tony? Oh, that's an interesting one because I was at a Mark Victor Hansen workshop and I was working on the book at the time, and he put out at the workshop, he was teaching us how to write a title. And he said, if you're brave, come up to me when we're finished and just tell me the name of the title and I will respond and tell you whether you, you should use it or not. And I went up to him and said, what you really want wants you. And he said, if you don't use it, I will. So it was it was quite exciting, but it's kind of a paraphrase on a lot of the teachings, you know, what yes. uh, what you want wants you. I've heard those kind of words before, and it was really during his seminar that it just clicked. And you know, sometimes we get those passing messages that when we listen, they're right on. And yeah, I have that that I've written several books now and that one's still my favorite. Every every now and then I pick it up and read it again. And it's like, hmm, who said that? It was, you know, it's just kind of a yeah. one of those things. Yeah, it's uh, it came through me, basically. You know. Wow. I haven't actually read this book, so I will I will have to get this book. I want to get this book, not have to. Well, and and know, as long as we're mentioning it, let me tell you the, the story of it, how that yes. Please do. I wanted to ask you something about it. And, you know, many years ago, I was involved in a religious science church, and the um, the minister on New Year's gave out this sheet of paper with twelve qualities of God, and she said, instead of making a New Year's resolution, is a good time of the year to talk about that. She said, you know, instead, just choose a quality 
and focus on it and see what happens. And so that was over 30 years ago. I have been doing it every year since. And sometimes I don't use those exact qualities. I use other words and things that I want, you know, like this year, I need a little more balance in my life. So this year, my focus is on balance. But each year, then you focus. And then we had, she had us each um, kind of do a, a prayer Uh, and make a commitment. You had to stand when that your quality was called. And I was so moved by that work that I reflected on it. And I was thinking, I was also moved by everyone talking about goal setting and and creating vision boards. and, And then I was thinking the spiritual life says, allow things to happen. Don't try to make them happen. I felt like there was a contradiction there. And in trying to resolve that contradiction, when do I make things happen? When do I allow them to happen? What what goes where? And that's how I wrote the book, to answer my own question. And, you know, I I looked at it from the stages of uh, what Michael Beckwith used to teach about the four stages of consciousness. It's happening, you know, to me, by me, through me, as me. And I realized that depending on where you are at the moment, whether or not you need to set goals or whether or not it's better to let the flow happen. And it was just quite an interesting observation. And as I said, and then in the book, even I talk about the different things that have happened as I focus on each of those qualities and what can change in our life. So it's been pretty exciting. I think that's such a powerful thing that you're talking about is how we find the balance of where we're pushing for something to happen and or allowing life to flow through. And it it is a constant um, for me. It's being in that that the awareness of, well, am I pushing too hard? Am I wanting it too much? Which then creates resistance or am I allowing and being open for spontaneity and you know the infinite the potential of the infinite to come through me it is a balancing act isn't it yeah and I I really want to learn like I have had a couple of moments in my life where it's been so clear that this is what I had to do that for example I lived in California in San Diego for about 10 years and I heard about a church in Sarasota Florida that was looking for a minister. And I had heard about that church and the ministry and, and I knew it was my next step. I absolutely knew it was where I needed to go. I put my house on the market and mm. I resigned my job before I even interviewed for the job. Mm. Amazing. I mean, brave, 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 brave. And then I can tell you funny stories because what happened, I went to a, while I, was in the interview process. They had 30 candidates for this job. I was at a convention and there were a bunch of ministers there and we were online for food for something. And someone said, Hey, Tony, I heard you're going to Sarasota. And there were three other people on the line who apparently had also applied for the job. And they said, well, why do you think you're getting it? You know, what is this about? And I said, don't you believe it's yours? And they said, well, no, we're not sure. And I said, well, there's our principle. I'm sure it's mine. And it it caused a little controversy at the time, but it was, it was so powerful. And, and I've had, I had a recent experience of that. I just bought a condo 
and I was living in a very lovely apartment and they were raising the rent by $300 US a month. And I was like, that's insane. And yeah, I woke up one morning and I, and I got the message, go buy a condo. And it wasn't looking like it could happen. That's all I'm going to say. It, you know, there was no way it looked like it was going to happen. I didn't have the down payment. I didn't have all that. You know, anyway, but that was an example because I, I did a number of things that were obstacles that it mm -hmm. kept getting no. But instead of pushing, I simply said, okay, that's not the right way. Which is it? And okay. I would move forward. It was very interesting. It was... I was so clear that I was supposed to do that. And it literally were miracle after miracle happened. And I literally closed the day before I had to move. Mm. It was, it was scary in a way. It's so sometimes it looks like you're pushing and I wasn't pushing. I was simply acknowledging, all right, that's not working. Let's see what will. And it was like five things that closed in my face and, and kept saying, nope, not this, not this. But there was, and I'm going to call it a, a womb knowing, a right. gut knowing. Yes. You know, when something is so clear, there was no tension around that. It was like, all right, let's see how it's going to happen. And, you know, I'm sitting in this new condo now. So it happened. Amazing. It, it is amazing. It's and amazing. It, every single time I have that real sense of this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now, the doors just open. And, and so, yeah. No, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were going to add no, on. That's I'm just, it. That's it. Yeah, it's, it's when we really, we want something to happen. You know, we want something or we, I mean, you were in a situation where it was, you were kind of, there's a, you know, there's a $300 is a lot of money every month or it's a sum of money every month to, to change with your income. And so there was like a possibility opening for you to move. It, it was, was like was saying, you know, you can move now. Yeah. I wonder it. if that would have happened if, if the price wouldn't have been put up, if you still would have had that same... You know yeah, what I mean? It, well, look at the first example. When I was in California, I was very happy where I was. I loved being in San Diego and I loved the community that I was serving. And so I didn't, I wasn't feeling like I need to move. But when I got this email that that church was available, it just went, yep, this is you. And I went, ooh, okay. Um, so it's sometimes there's an outside push that makes it happen. But sometimes there is nothing. I mean, mm. it, it was a push, but to buy a condo wasn't, you know, you can move from one apartment to another or you can go somewhere else. But it it just becomes really clear. And I'm actually looking in my life right now is how how do I know when this is this is it and keep yes. doing it? And when do you know stop because this is not what you're supposed to be doing? And yes. learning to listen to my body more. Mm. That really, I think that one of the years, a couple of years ago, I chose the word embodiment for the year. Right. And boy, was that an interesting year. You know, it's like constantly, and our bodies tell us so much. So and, much that yeah. we ignore a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. 
We, we tell, I have, I know my life I've ignored my body. It's just been all spiritual or all mental. And now it's like, whoa, the physical is so, it's there. It's saying something. Every single thing in our body is saying something to us. And we all have those knots in our stomach or the, the joy in our heart. You know, we know. And I, I remember years ago just studying Ignatian discernment. I mean, back in my Catholic days, you know, just a whole lifetime ago, where they said, you'll know it by the peace. Like, is this the right decision? Mm. Am I at peace? And it, it's just so amazing. Like, yes, this is right. And when it's not, everything in me gets jarred up. And, you know, I'm in the middle of making some little decisions right now. And I'm looking at that and saying, if I say yes, what does that feel like? Right. And my stomach gets tight. If I say no, what does it feel like? And my stomach relaxes. It's it's right there. But we do need to learn to tune in. And and I think that's that's something that I continue to develop and learn is how to how to tap into that real knowing we all know we all know and do you think i mean i'm really interested in your work around midlife and aging and um and knowing that, that aging and death is not the end of our lives it's a con continuum as we're eternal beings that's what i believe and so i wonder if it's something um do you think that as you have aged, as we age, that we become more finely tuned to um, to opening up to, well, I'm not in a rush so much anymore. I'm not in a rush to have to try and prove myself or to have to try and get things done. And there, we're in a rush culture, aren't we? Especially, you know, with people who want more, be more, have more, do more. I wonder where you, how you see that kind of evolving and how we can use age in a really positive way to, to tune into our bodies and listen. Yeah, thank you for that. That's, uh, you know, it, what's coming to my mind right now is something that happened to me a number of years ago that has made the most profound difference in my own shift. And that was, I, I had a hip replacement and you know, just hip gone bad. And the day that they got me out of bed after surgery, my femur broke on my right leg. And when your femur breaks, you don't move very well. So I was literally flat on my back for almost three months and in a rehab and nursing home, all kinds of, you know, stuff. And everybody thought I was going to have this profound spiritual journey. Oh, I watch sitcoms most of the time and just <laughs> let myself laugh and just relax. But towards the end, I said, all right, what's the message here? Right. And I don't hear voices, but it was like I heard a voice that said, there is nowhere to go. Yes. There's nothing to do. Yes. And I laughed. I said, well, yeah, I can't go anywhere. I can't do anything. And it was like, no, no, you got to get this. And it yeah. was so clear. And now you'll love this. Every day I, I wake up, I, I meditate with a group online every morning. And if I didn't set an alarm, I would probably not wake up. But I don't like the sound of an alarm. So I use this song. And the song that I play every morning basically said life is doing what it wants to do 
Right. You know, it's flowing, growing, blooming, dying all at once. And that has just made such a profound difference when you hear it every single morning, yes. and especially at that twilight time. Yes. And I'm realizing more and more that that's, that's what happens to us. You know, Carl Jung you wrote about the stages of life, and we have to be getting things, doing things, striving for things as we grow. And then there comes a point where we stop and we don't stop giving and doing and striving in the same way, but we begin to let life happen rather than make it happen. Yeah. And to me, that's the point. Midlife is usually the time that people, they, they call it a crisis. Well, I don't like yeah, it. Crisis, but it's awakening. the opportunity to, to reflect on where do I want to be for the rest of my life? Right. Where would I, you know, and I, you've been in some of the classes where I have people write their eulogy. Yes. What do you want people to say about you when you die? And, you know, I remember writing my own and I, I said, we're gathered here today because we felt loved in her presence. Right. Wow. Does that mean exercise? It's a very powerful exercise. Very. And for everyone who's at midlife saying, who am I? What do I want the rest of my life to be? It's like a great idea to stop and say, what, what would I want said about me when I'm gone? I, do I want a list of accomplishments or, or ways of being? And most yes. of the time it's, it's the ways of being. And so, you know, <clears throat> that to me is, is the change and the shift. Um, I've just had a a conversation with a group of people the other day who were talking about um, moving. We were looking at the idea that we are all both masculine and feminine. And even God, we, we've thought of God as he for so long that there's a swing in the universe to talk about the divine feminine. And the truth is it's neither, it's a both and. And so what does that both end look like in our daily life? And what, what has come to me, it's the balance of being and doing, you know, maybe that oh, I love that. You've just said that last year I had burnout twice. And I'm one of them, one of those experiences, what came through for me, Dr. Tony, Tony, which I say every day, do less, be more, keep it simple, impact greatly. Mm -hmm. I realized that I was um, doing so much that I was suppressing the truth of what really wanted to come through for me. And I, I had the, this amazing opportunity to stop doing or just pause myself. And I think that's so, so in alignment with what you're saying. Um, and particularly at midlife, um, getting that chance to reevaluate habits of, you know, things that we're doing just because we've done them for years. Exactly. Suddenly it doesn't make sense anymore. You know, one of the, one of the things that I teach people in our conscious aging course is about um, journaling on your life review. And it sounds kind of strange, but um, Jane Fonda was on Oprah speaking about it actually. And she, she does it a little differently than the way I teach it. But the whole idea is, 
you want to stop. And I now do it every year on my birthday. It becomes like an opportunity to look at, okay, where have I been? What do I want? Where am I, where am I going? And, and like, why have I done what I've done? Right. You know, and why do I keep doing things the same way sometimes? And what's that about? And what needs continual healing to move forward? And uh, it's a powerful opportunity. uh, And, and most of us just don't take the opportunity. I, I just remember Stephen Covey always talked about we we leave out the important things to do the urgent, you know, and that's yes. that's what happens when we're younger. We do what's in front of us. And when our bodies slow down and midlife and more more in the older aging process, your body slows down and you have to prioritize like what's more important. What do I actually need to do? And when, what can I just be? And who do I want my, what do I want my legacy to be about? So it it becomes, it's almost like the body gives us the opportunity to do that. It slows down on its own. You know, I don't want to give in to that idea. And, and by the way, when I'm talking about aging, you know, one of my, biggest pet peeves is all the conversations about anti-aging. Mm. Do we want to be anti-anything? Anything. But anti-aging is such a um, a challenging, it, it's a meme that's out there in the universe, you know, and every advertisement. I won't buy a product if they call it anti-aging, you know. Uh. I actually changed the makeup that I wear because I now use a company that calls itself pro age. Right. Okay. (laughs) You know, let's, let's look at, um, it's it's the messaging, isn't it? That we're fed and that we are taught to believe about ourselves that we're not enough. We're not worthy enough. We have to be better. We have to be younger. We have to be thinner. We have to be whatever, uh, in order to be accepted. So accepting ourselves, and um and probably social media well definitely doesn't doesn't help in the mix of all of it because we're scrolling through thousands of images the average person a day unless we choose not to so it takes a it takes courage and conviction to 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 kind of stand up you know and say no i'm going to do it differently i'm going to live my my life my every day differently in a way that maybe most people aren't yeah, absolutely. And it's it's interesting because that flashes me to what, what I've been doing lately is teaching a course called The Art of Quantum Living. And what and it's been the most profound thing that I have ever done. I've done a lot. Uh, and what I'm finding is I keep offering it every month and the course fills up right away because people are scared of it, but they're longing for it. It's a process of saying, what are those messages? And the way you know that you have one of those messages is because you get triggered. It's like somebody says something and you get annoyed or you say something to yourself and you get annoyed. And, you know, it's like, or your stomach turns or, you know, it's like you get angry and like, oh, I'm not usually angry. What's this about? And it's a process where you literally go back to your childhood remember things that gave you that message. But the gift of this is I've had a lot of insights in my life on where this stuff comes from. The gift of this particular process is that 
it literally teaches you a technique to change the neural pathways in your brain so that it doesn't go back there. You know, we, we get triggered because it's a memory. The miracle says you're never upset for the reason you think. Thank you. We get upset because there's something from our past and the tiniest thing, we may not notice it. We don't, most of it's unconscious. And to me, the learning, learning about how to really change those messages that keep repeating in our life. And I'm finding it's, it feels like magic, truthfully. It, and it is, it, it is a, an alchemical process that we can learn and choose to re, um, to, well, to re-identify, to re-identify, for me, it's re-identification. I like that. That's that healing. Um, and it's conscious awareness moment by moment. Because life happens very quickly, doesn't it? In the in the in the day and all the stuff that's going on, it's like really taking that time to pause and and be aware of our feelings and the body. It, it's so amazing. You know, I I saw a little video recently that talked about there are four hundred billion particles of information coming at us at every moment. And we can only perceive 2,000 of those. 400 billion to 2,000. 400 billion? Yeah, of the different things that are coming at us at all times. And a lot of it is very negative. Oh, most of it. I mean, half the world is. And and so, but we only perceive 2,000, which means we haven't even tapped into a lot of the things that are out there and what we can be learning and what we can be changing. And it's exciting. And to me, that's one of the proofs that we've got to come back more than once because I see so much learning that's possible and so much more. And, you know, it's... um, and I'm nearing more the end than the beginning. And so it's like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen next time. It's yes. A, it's a kind of a fun way of looking at things. And, and you are a, you're a lifelong learner. I mean, when I look at, we look at your website, um, Doctor, I put your website up here and you've, you, your courses are quite varied and you, you cherry pick and piece things together and create new courses. And I love that about you you're very creative with the way that you teach what is it where does that come from dr tony well you know it's interesting i i'll give you a couple of things i i used to think that there was something wrong that i could never be original you know like i didn't come up with the seven habits of right or the four I hear you. <laughs> those are the people that seem to get famous and what I do is synthesize all the different informations. And yeah. and here's this this gonna sound crazy, but no, no, I not really, to me. I really believe that we have spiritual guides in our life. <laughs> and when I was about, oh, I don't know, five or six years old, I remember hearing the scripture passage, Solomon prayed for wisdom and yes. all else was given him. That's right. And I thought, now that's an efficient way to pray. I mean, Absolutely. I looked at it and thought, I'm not going to pray for everything else. Just pray yeah. for wisdom and everything else will come. I didn't even know what that meant. But I have to tell you, I started praying for wisdom. And I really believe, and only recently I have been introduced to the whole concept of Sophia and yes. the, the divine feminine and 
And I have had messages that said, who do you think's been teaching you this all these years? You've asked for wisdom. I'm with you. And it's been so powerful. And now I deliberately, before I create a course or before I teach any time, ask Sophia to be present to speak through me. And, and she never fails. It's, it's kind of like, I don't know where that came from. Why did I think that? And I don't have to know anymore. I'm allowing myself to be used that way. And I yes, and opening up to the the possibilities of of the realms that are here and the, and the guides that are here for us. And we shut down, don't we? We're taught to shut down. We're taught to stop imagining and to stop, you know, daydreaming and. Stop staring exactly. out the window, and yeah. And so all of that is, you know, it's. Uh, I'm now really seeing it as gift, and that my gift is to learn from all of these different systems that I've studied over the years and interweave them. Find right. ways that they. I kind of do it naturally. I don't yes. know that I could ever teach anybody how to do that, but yeah. it's also one of the things I. I studied for a doctorate at Columbia University and had the most phenomenal teachers who really modeled adult learning. And the way they modeled it is like, you know what you need to put across, but allow the students to lead you. Right. And I think you've experienced that in classes with me where yes. what what's coming up from the students is the way that I weave in the information. I cover everything, but it doesn't become didactic. It's not head knowledge anymore. It become, it's from our experience. And to me, that's what mysticism is about. I yes. believe I'm a mystic and I believe we all are. We just have to tap into it is to know we, we want the experience of God, not the knowledge of, you know, and yes, that's so powerful. And I, I, yes, I do remember that, that your classes, of course, how could I forget? And I remember your wisdom and your teachings and that everything was covered in your, in the way that the, it was led by the, the topic rather than by, you know, and, the, and the, the class. And I love that because I know when I'm with the women of power in Kenya and the circle that we have, it's always about them. It's always about what wants to come through. And I think that for me, I'm learning so much about myself, um, letting go of control. <laughs> yeah, the, word, yeah. The, the buzzword of, of today is emergence. And yeah. what I'm really like looking at what does that mean in my life? Emergence really lets go of everything you know. Um, yes. I'm, I'm part of the Integral Christian Network and we have a buzzword that says, it's not what you know, but what you're about to know. So oh, don't share powerful. what you know, share what you're about to know. And that's always a challenge, you know, because we tend to, and it helps like when you're living life, it's like, oh, it doesn't have to be a repeat of the past. Yeah. It's what I'm about to experience. It's something yes. new. Um, behold, I make all things new. I yes. say, you know, it's like, I love that. And and to me, evolution and emergence are, are kind of what, what midlife and aging really can teach us. Because in the beginning, we are, we are creators and we constantly are looking at what can I manifest? What can I create? Yeah. 
And when we let that go and say, what's emerging and who am I being called to be? So that that takes us from the to me, by me, to the through me and as, as me. me. You know, and that is, that's the wisdom part, isn't it? And I, I really align with that. I've re not recently, probably in the last year, also been um, in, in my spiritual mind treatment, knowing wisdom and clarity, those two things, rather than the demonstration, what I, I think that will look like. And it really changes, it shifts so much for me because um, it takes away a pressure of me thinking I know what I want <laughs> and it has to be like this and look like that. It's still scary like, though, oh, because we want what we want and yeah. I think what we want is, is the right thing for ourselves. Yes. But, you know, I remember teaching years ago this or something better and now I'm just looking at the not the this at all, just the something better, just yes. you know, however that's supposed to look. And, and try to remind, I have to remind myself whenever, I read a book recently that I, I don't necessarily recommend the book, it was good, but, uh, but I love the title. It's called What's in the Way is the Way. Is the Way, yes. It's a very powerful yes. title. It's like, uh, that's like Terry Cole Whitaker's old book, What You Think of Me is None of My Business. You know, sometimes titles say it all. <laughs> well, even what you really want wants you. Yeah. It's, it, it's like when you when you get the essence of those titles, it's it like really, um, those are the spiritual truths that I think take us through, you know, midlife and beyond. And And, and knowing that this too is, God expressing. That's the one that got me through a lot of a lot of um, difficult, interesting experiences. This too is God expressing, and that let me see that whatever it is is a, is my idea of it. It's the it's the stamp I put on it. It's the the decision I make about it, and I, I can change that. I can change that, and it that really helped me to see that um, that God is everywhere as love in all of it, as all of it. And that's very empowering. For me, that was very empowering. And it's empowering to think about that's true of the other person too, when, when yes. I'm in judgment of somebody else. Absolutely. And, you know, yes. it's like, I have no clue. And if I only see the gift, wow, what a difference. You know, truly. And so I'm, I was on your website looking, and I'm going to play, put this up here now because I'd love you to share a little bit about it. You have a video on your website about a dragonfly. And would you like to share a little bit about why? Why the dragonfly? And then maybe we can play a couple of minutes of minutes. Absolutely. It's interesting. Just before you said that, I was thinking, you need to share about the dragonfly. <laughs> and then, then I said, you know, wait and see if it fits. Well, I just want to show everybody my tattoo, first of all, of the dragonfly. I wear oh, next your tattoo. Hold on, where are you? Okay. Oh, no, not me. Oh. Not me. Sorry, you. <laughs> there we go. You yes. can see the dragonfly, and I wear dragonfly jewelry almost every day of my life. And it's an amazing thing because years ago, I discovered, number one, the dragonfly comes from the mud. So unlike the butterfly who goes through transitions, I, butterflies are wonderful images of transformation. The dragonfly goes from the mud to this beautiful colored creature. And 
it doesn't get its true colors until it reaches maturity. Which wow. for me, that's the message of midlife and aging is like, be patient because for two, two reasons. One, you know, it's okay to not know up to now what it is I'm being called to do. It's also reaching maturity. What does that look like? It means there's more if I'm still alive. You know, so many people give up when they reach a certain age and it's like, all right, that's it. It's like, no, there's still more there as long as I'm alive and breathing. And that's what the dragonfly teaches me. It's like constant change, constant um, knowing that there is even more beauty to be seen than I know now. And that's true for the physical part of ourselves because we think, I mean, most aging people feel invisible. Mm. And it's not. It's like this is when the true beauty starts coming out, when the mm. beauty comes out. And when we really start seeing that in one another rather than competing with one another. I think right. that part of our growing up is about competition. I got to be better. I got to be good at whatever. And when we're older, we start to appreciate and and really celebrate one another. Uh, to me, that's part of what the dragonfly is oh, about. I, that's so powerful, that piece that you just said about invisibility and how the dragonfly's colors come later on in its maturity. What a beautiful message. Isn't it? I was such so a beautiful message. was dating someone who used to wear dragonflies on his shirt all the time. And, and that's where I picked it up from. And, and then somebody sent me a piece of jewelry with a dragonfly on it. And since then, I've become, I've never been a collector. I'm now a collector. I've got them <laughs> in every room of my house. Really? Some symbols of dragonflies somewhere. And, and certainly, I, I just bought a number of shirts with dragonflies on them. And it just become, and it, it helps me bring that message because wherever I go, somebody say, oh, I love dragonflies. Yes. And say, do you know that they don't get their true colors until they reach maturity? And Oh, it's beautiful. Everybody, everybody loves that message. It's like so consoling. You know, yes. I don't have to have it all together. Yes. Know? Yes. Oh, beautiful. I'm going to put the, some, some of the, uh, the track on here. Let me move that, hide that, and then... Please let me know if you can hear the sound. He took a chance. Yes. Yes. To fly. I want to fly. Do you want to fly? I'm of the things that tie me down I soar to the future High above the ground Up here I see Why it's taken me So long to let go But now I'm finally free to fly Do you want to fly? I want to fly. 
What a beautiful, beautiful track. Thank you. I just want to comment, though, things do change. I no longer have reinventmidlife.com as a website. So no, if you want information's only on tonylamata.com. Yeah, thank you. That's and, okay. And, and for, for those that are, that are listening, watching, viewing right now or anytime you are here on the Women of Power show with Dr. Tony Lamotta. It's just such a joy to be here with Dr. Tony to learn more. And I'm always learning from you and, uh, and opening my mind to possibilities. And I think from what I get about you, you love learning. I mean, you, you just open. What, is, what do you think the cutting edge now is of spirituality? That you that you you want to teach, or that you are teaching, or that you feel, wow, this could be great to teach. Well, there are a couple of things going on. I mean, I mentioned before emergence, and to really learn how to listen and to follow that intuitive voice that is speaking to all of us is is a key piece, and and to look at what gets in the way. And so the for me the whole idea of um, being open to the shadow work that we need to do. Uh, I think that that's something that people are beginning to open to, at least in my life. I see people opening to more than they were in the past because the way I always interpreted shadow is, you don't want to hear about that. I don't yeah, want to hear about that. Yeah, shove it under the carpet. <laughs> or I, mean, I teach a lot about the Enneagram, and many of the teachers of the Enneagram teach it as personality type. And so they teach it as this is who you are and these are your what they call fixations and your passions. And uh, it's a, it, it can come across very negative. And what I have discovered is the history of it and the power of the, um, the message is that we are all divine and we're born with every good quality. And then we make up masks to cover those qualities. And so I want to get rid of those masks. I want to learn what they are. And I learn what they are only when I'm triggered, when I feel like something's bothering me, something's wrong. Uh, it shouldn't be this way. And so I now rejoice. This is going to sound strange, but I'm now rejoicing when things don't go my way. And yes. then I get like that because I'm like, yay, yes. I'm like, here's the opportunity to figure out what's going on so I can shift it. And I feel like there's so many alchemical reactions going on in me right now that one of my recent students said to me, you're creating a field because you so believe it, we're all catching on. Right. And it's been very exciting to see people are willing to do that kind of depth of spiritual work. I think that yes. in the past, we 
we wanted to fix everything out there. Mm -hmm. And there is no out there out There's there. There's no out there. <laughs> you know, There's no out there to fix. Yeah, exactly. So I think that that's what I'm seeing happening. Like right now, everybody is looking at the negatives in the world. And I mean, in the United States, what a mess. I mean, there's so many messy things. And I always say to people, you know, if you want to know your triggers, watch the news. Yeah. It's amazing how, but we could either look at that and say, oh, the world's in a mess. How are we going to change it? What are we going to do to fix? Or we can say, what, what? is in me that yes. is 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 part of this process and as i shift the world shifts and isn't that so much more um what's the word i want to use that's actually the healing that's the revealing rather than wanting to change it because it needs to be changed which it obviously does need to be changed because there are horrific things happening on many levels around you know around the planet and if we don't look at ourselves then how are we going to how is that change ever going to happen if we don't come to that point beginning within first of all and it's interesting the other thing that i'm seeing as somewhat new is that we are not to do it alone i mean i have heard that before but i think i'm seeing it happening that oh. always in the we it's like we're no longer an i we're a we. And until, you know, the scriptures say, when two or more are gathered in my name, there I am. And if yeah. we want that presence, we we want to be gathering with people who are of like mind and who yeah. are supporting that same thing. It's like, yeah. I don't have people in my life that take me down anymore. Mm. You know, it's like, my I, I think I lived a charmed life in a way, but it's like I let I only want to attract that which yes. is supportive. And I've become more vulnerable in the process. I'm right. allowing myself to recognize I can't do it alone. That's it. Uh, the other thing about aging, by the way. One of the gifts of aging is you start needing a lot more help. Yeah. You know, and it's like it doesn't feel like fun, especially those of us who've been so independent and can do so much on our own. It's like when you start, like, wait a minute that's a lesson I want younger people to learn as well. You don't yes. need to do it alone. You know, you get the opportunity to ask. I, this is a fun, fun story. Many years ago, I taught math at a university, everybody's least favorite subject, especially adults coming back to school. Every one of them probably failed math somewhere along the way. So the very first day of class, I said to them, all your tests are open books. You can find the answer. You don't have to know it. But I want you to know that whenever they took tests, they never opened the books and no one ever asked me for the answer. I said, you can get the answer anywhere. It was available right there. And they, and the lesson was profound because they got it. I said, where in life do you have to have the answer all by yourself? Right. Almost never. You know, it's an opportunity. You can find it elsewhere or you can ask someone who knows. Do that here. And it, it became, I mean, it became laughter, laughter in the room, but also this immense recognition that we think we're taught to cover our papers in school. Mm. And like you got to do it all by yourself. And, and then we go out in the world and wonder why people can't work on teams. 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> it is yes. amazing. So and isn't that that's just incredible how when even offering that and saying you can look, it's an open book exam. It's this idea, I've got to be right, I've got to get it right, or I'll be judged if I'm not, if I get help, maybe I'll be judged on some well, way. The other thing is that there is a right. I mean, that's part of it too, is like there's a yes. right way and a wrong and way. And a wrong way, yeah. Where did you get that from, you know? And yeah. we made all that up as we were little children and our parents corrected something or whatever. And, you know, and in school, we used to at least, always taught there's a right answer you better find yes. it um, and so we go through life thinking there's a right way of doing this and uh, how about not you know how about really allowing life to show us and I'm always telling Jason there are two and this was a study that was done a few like 10 years ago at Oxford University that there are over 275 ways to do the washing up <laughs> Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. There is that study. And it's like, okay, how can there be over 275 ways to do the washing up? It's like we're in a field of infinite possibilities, aren't we? So <laughs> Exactly. And so when we feel limited, I mean, there are no limits. There's there are no so limits. Much, there's so much more we need to, to learn and can learn. And I mean, if I have any regret of aging is that I didn't learn it sooner, but oh, I'm yeah. grateful that I get to live now and continue to be open to learn. And, you know, I'm, I'm involved with organizations where there are a lot of younger people who see things very differently and I'm learning to say, okay, let's go your way and let's yeah. see what happens. And, and there's no such thing as failure even. I mean, failure is just an opportunity to learn, uh, you know, the old Einstein or, or no, the fellow with the electric light bulb, Edison. Yeah. There's Edison. no wrong Edison. way. It's just a hundred ways not to do it, you know? Yeah. And what if we really taught children that? I mean, what I, if we I would did? How different it would be. Yeah. It could be. What would yeah. you say is your superpower, Dr. Tony? Or do you have more than one? Well, I think, you know, as we're speaking, I'm realizing my, one of my superpowers is synthesizing. I, I take information from lots of different places and put it together. But it, what pops up for me is hospitality. This is something that's very interesting. Many years ago, somebody told me I had the gift of hospitality. And I laughed because if you came to my house, I don't even have enough chairs for people to sit. And I certainly don't serve the best drinks or whatever. Um, but people feel comfortable in my presence. And, you know, when I mentioned the eulogy, I want people to say they felt loved in my presence. And, and I feel like that is a superpower that I can meet anybody different from mm. different, you know, belief systems, different ideologies and and allow them to be who they are that's um, beautiful it, it's it's a gift it really is a gift I'm you know I I really believe that all of these things are grace and gift you know and that's being curious and interested in life and other people and being open to learning from other people as well Exactly, because my right. biggest teachers have been my students at all times. And wow. I just wrote, I'm teaching a course on pop culture. You know, what do I know about pop culture? Uh, it's quite interesting. I'm, I, I think of it as a course in learning how to be critically reflective 
on what's going on around you, not to ex accept everything just because it is. And right. I'm learning from them, like what the pop culture is teaching and what's saying. And, and I just wrote literally before we came on, I was writing them a note and saying, you know, I'm excited to see you and I'm going to learn from this new group because yes. you all have something to teach me. So, and I bet it's so things that you would never have thought about. Exactly. Yes. I watched the movie Barbie because my students told oh, me right. I had to watch it. You know, I mean, I, yeah. I would not have watched Barbie otherwise. And uh, <laughs> I saw that movie. <laughs> I'm not saying I loved it, but I, I do like the premise and the message yeah. behind it. But um, it it is interesting that we can continue to be open and to be learning. And and to me, that's that's key. Uh, if you want wisdom, it's constantly changing. Yeah. So I'm interested as a final, final, final kind of um, questioning here with or conversation around how would you think your life would be without the knowing, without spirituality in your life, without using spirituality? It's a very interesting question. Many years ago, I had a good friend who lost her faith. And I remember thinking before I decided to try that on for a week to see how I felt without faith. I didn't want to live. It was like, I don't know how she managed and I don't know how people manage without um, a spiritual bent in knowing that there is more to life than what we see. Right. You know, I think if there's one message behind everything that I teach is that what we think we're seeing is not reality. It right. is so much more. And without that belief, it would be painful. I think I would be a real curmudgeon. I'd probably hate everything going on in my life and in everybody else's. So um, to me, it's a, whatever spirituality is, it doesn't have to be looked like what mine looks like, but to have a sense that there is so much more than what we can see mm. on so many levels. And Life is never what we think it is. And to look at every experience as like, what's behind this? It's not just what's happening. Yes. Oh, Dr. Tony, thank you so much for being here on the show today. What a delight. I always love being with you, Laura. So, Oh, and I too, it's great to be with you and for you to share your message out here on the Women in Power show. And do you have a final, I'm going to put you on the big screen. Do you have a final um, note to share for, for viewers that are watching, maybe somebody that has lost their faith, maybe somebody that doesn't know which, which step to take, to take next to, um, to get, feel that connection. All right, two things. I guess one is take the lesson from the dragonfly that it's okay not to know right now because <clears throat> what's emerging is what's important, not what is right at this moment. And so to also just to really be kind to yourself and to be gentle with yourself because you know, we need to take care of ourselves to take care of our whole planet and to recognize that who you are is absolutely magnificent. Thank yeah. you.
Beautiful. Thank you, Dr. Tony. And thank you to you if you're watching uh, at whatever point in time watching the show today. Dr. Tony, uh, here's her website. You can find everything there that you need, courses, classes, speaking, one-on-one -on -one coaching, um, books. <laughs> uh, it's all there on Dr. Tony's website. And if you're also interested in reading Dr. Tony's thoughts, you can sign up to the Divine CEO magazine because Dr. Tony, you're writing in the magazine every month, which is beautiful sharing what your, what your teachings in the magazine. So the link is here for the magazine if you would like to sign up for it. And we will be back here next week on the Women of Power show. And I'm just feeling so filled up and grateful to be here with you now. So thank you again, Dr. Tony. Thank you. Thank you.